Welcome to On the Way with Tony Crisp. Each weekday, Dr. Crisp will be discussing biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Tune in daily to start your day right and deepen your understanding of how to better walk the way and enjoy the journey. Here's your host, Dr. Tony Crisp. Welcome to On the Way. This is Tony Crisp, and this is podcast number 89. Today, I want to talk to you about social justice in relation to poverty. And I want us to begin in the Gospel of John, where poverty is talked about. It was six days before the Passover, and Jesus came to Bethany, where Lazarus was, whom he had raised from the dead. And the scripture says, there were many there to supper, and Martha served, but Lazarus was one of those who sat at the table with him. Now remember, many people came to Bethany to see Lazarus, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. At one point it said that many came to see Jesus, but many came to see Lazarus because they knew that indeed he had died and a great miracle had been done. It says while they were there, Mary took a pound of very costly oil of spikenard, anointed the feet of Jesus, and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the fragrance of the oil. Then one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, who would betray him, said, Why was this fragrant oil not sold for 300 denarii and given to the poor? There's that concept of the poor. Now, the amount of money that he mentioned was about a year's wage for the average worker. This he said, not that he cared for the poor. Now, this is the divine commentary written in the sacred scriptures. This he said, not that he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief and had the money box, and he used to take. He used to take what was put in it. Then Jesus said, Let her alone. She has kept this for the day of my burial. And then here is an amazing statement. For the poor you have with you always, but me you do not have always. This is a remarkable statement. You've got to remember that four out of every five people you would meet on the streets of Jerusalem, of Ephesus, of Rome, any city in Greece would have been slaves. That's right, four out of five. Poverty abounded. There were those who had it all, those who were rich, and then those who had nothing. Only in the outlying places was there what was called a middle class. And so poverty abounded. And here was a man who was greedy. He was greedy that he was not going to have as much money himself, that he was not going to get something and someone else was going to be blessed, or someone used money in a way that he didn't think that they should. And God put the spotlight on his heart and on his motives. He was a thief. Now, what about this idea of poverty? Jesus said, the poor you will always have with you. Now, Jesus knows humanity better than anyone else. After all, he created us. He's watched us down through the millennium, and he has seen us as we are. And poverty will always be with us. There's going to be poor people no matter what. Now, my godly grandmother who raised me used to say to me, Tony, there's two kinds of poor people. There are people who are poor by choice, and there are people who are poor by circumstance. Now, what did she mean by that? Who are those that are poor by choice? They are those who have opportunities, but they don't take them. They could work, but they don't. 
They're always finding an excuse. It's too hot. It's too cold. It's too wet. It's too dry. It's too long. It's too short. There's always something. My grandmother also used to say that these same kind of people, they wouldn't work in a pie factory tasting pies. Now, all of us know what that means. Even in the best of jobs, they wouldn't persevere. And then there are those who are poor by circumstance. That means they are born into poverty or something has come upon them that was out of their control and they were poor by circumstance. In the providence of God, they were just poor. Now, I know what that means. I certainly wasn't the poorest kid in the area, but I grew up in abject poverty. And many of you that are listening to this broadcast do not know me. I'm 64 years old, soon be 65. I was born in 1956, and early in the year, in the wintertime, which was not a good time in eastern Tennessee, if you lived like we did. Because, you see, when I was seven years old, my parents divorced, and in 1962-63, that was almost unheard of. Hardly anyone divorced at that time. I was the only boy in the third grade that had divorced parents. And so in our school, there were in every grade, there was a fat kid, a skinny kid, a poor kid, and there was uh, now a divorced kid. And so I was the skinny kid and the divorced kid. And so I did a lot of fighting. When at seven, my parents divorced, we were thrust into my grandmother's arms. My grandmother raised my two brothers, and she raised me the same way that she raised my mother in the 30s and 40s. The house hadn't changed. We were four light bulbs away from being Amish. That is, we didn't have any running water. I was 10 years old before we got a refrigerator. It was a Philco, and it had more chrome on it than most cars. And I can remember it well. Before that, when the cows were milked and the butter was made, it was put in jars and put in a spring that was off down the hill to keep it cool until it could be used or traded or bartered with the eggs for the groceries that we couldn't raise. The day I surrendered to preach, my grandmother was rubbing on a rub board. It was glass. That means it was bought in the early 40s because all the tin was being used in the war effort, and so they started making rub boards out of glass. And my grandmother was rubbing on that rub board the day I surrendered to preach in a tub. She had a wash tub, and then she had a ranch tub, one that she rents the clothes in. And I had carried up water the night before because it had not rained in a while, and we caught water for washing off of uh, the roof into a 50-gallon barrel. And so when it didn't rain, I carried the water from the spring. We carried it in two-gallon buckets. We all drank out of a dipper. Yes, we lived. We all drank out of one dipper. We all passed the germs. We were early in herd mentality because when one of us got something, all of us got something. And what I'm telling you is I grew up like people did during the Depression era and during the 40s because that's the only way that my grandmother lived. Our driveway was a half a mile long off the dirt road. And so I'm not poor-mouthing. I'm just telling you. I know what poverty is, and I know what it's like to be alone, and I know what it's like to be alone, and people know that you're alone, and they don't care. You see, it's one thing to be abandoned. It's another thing to be abandoned and to feel like people know it, and they just don't care and are not going to help you. And so I know what it is like to be poor, but I also know that we didn't want to stay poor, and we didn't have to stay poor. And thank God we live in a country that allows people from every walk and every background 
If they'll work hard and they'll trust God, and sometimes just if you work hard, God will in his mercy and grace allow you to succeed and to do well in the sense of doing well financially, doing well as far as living and and, uh, making a living. And so as my two brothers and I grew up, we grew up and God gave us a good work ethic and we worked hard and we did everything you can imagine in the countryside to make money. We picked berries, got more chiggers than we did berries, and we put up people's tobacco for them. We handed it off. We bundled it up. We tied it. We hauled hay. We did whatever we had to do to survive because we wanted something better than what we had. And God in his mercy and his grace gave it to us because, you see, we're living in a day when people think that they're entitled to something. And I grew up, I saw how other people were living, and I knew that in the 60s and 70s, people were not growing up like they did in the 30s and 40s. And I can remember very well being so poor that one time when I was 11 years old, my dad had come in from work and I was very sick. And what was happening is I was about to have a nervous breakdown. And that's what the doctor had told my dad. And my grandmother said to my father, said, you're going to have to take uh, Tony to the doctor. He is very sick. He's not well, uh, Charles. You're going to have to take him to the doctor. And I saw the hurt on my dad's face when he said, uh, Grammy, I don't, I don't have any money to take him to the doctor. And he didn't. He really didn't. And he did the very best that he could while he was with us. But my two brothers, who I will love forever, said, Daddy, we have some money. Jimmy and Johnny had saved each about $5. And they went and got that money and gave it to Dad because at that time it cost $10 to go to the emergency room. And my two brothers gave up what they had been saving and working God only knows how long for because you didn't get very much money then working, doing what we did. And Daddy took me to the doctor, and I can remember him taking my dad off into the room. They thought I had fallen off to sleep, and I heard him say, Mr. Crisp, you're going to have to take care of this boy. His nerves are shot, and he's just 11 years old. I know what it's like to be made fun of. I know what it's like to be poor. I know what it's like for your caregiver, my grandmother, to come in at Christmas time and tears streaming down her face and said, boys, all we've got this year is each other. But you know, it was enough. In the grace of God, it was enough. Now, I'm telling you this because there is a great movement afoot today in America to say everybody deserves a certain wage and everybody deserves a certain lifestyle. Let me just tell you, as you read the book of God, you'll find out we deserve nothing. We deserve hell and separation for our own sin. And for the sin of our country, we deserve the judgment of God. The entitlement mentality that God owes us something, that others owe us something, and that we have the right to take what is not ours from others who have worked hard for what they've gotten. And in the providence and the goodness and mercy of God, they have been blessed. That's why God said, don't covet what someone else has. But he said, work. As a matter of fact, the apostle Paul said, if you don't work, you don't eat. Because, you see, people in that day had already thought, well, we'll just sit back until Jesus comes. That's not the attitude of the child of God. You see, in the millennium, when it is God reigning on earth, you know what it is? It's not going to be socialism. It's not going to be communism and everybody's alike. As a matter of fact, if you read what the Bible says, you will see it'll be very much like it is in a perfect utopia. That is, every man will sit under his own vine. 
that doesn't mean he's going to be sitting under someone else's vine or some other vine that someone provided for them. It says he will sit under his own vine. That means he'll till his own soil. That means that God is going to lend us the earth for us to work and to provide food for. Because you see, work was even assigned before the fall. So work is good. God said six days shall you work. It's amazing. God didn't belong to a union and Adam didn't because he said, Adam, you're going to work six days and you're going to like it. And it is. And I'll tell you, when you're doing work and you're doing it as unto the Lord, even the most menial task can be something that is a blessing. Folks, let's read the Bible. Let's start obeying the Bible. When we need to take care of the poor, those who are poor by circumstance, let's help them. Let's care for them. Let's aid them because I've been there. But those who are poor by choice and they wouldn't work in a pie factory tasting pies, let's let them get a little hungry and let's see if maybe they won't start to work and not be so poor anymore. For On The Way, this is Tony Crisp. Thanks for listening to On The Way with Tony Crisp. Tune in every weekday for information on biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Fridays are for your questions. Email your questions to questions at TonyCrisp.org. Then just listen for your question to be answered on Friday's podcast. That's questions at TonyCrisp.org. Thanks for listening and have a blessed day on the way.